Hey, audio listener. Welcome to the AV Epics Podcast, an Avenue Studios production. Check out our Patreon and Locals community for exclusive content, access to our private Discord, and so much more. And don't forget to review our podcast to help spread the word. And now, let's dive into the adventure. All right. Hey, everybody. As always, tell me how sound sounds. <laughs> and uh, welcome to the AV Epics live stream. I'm Dan Stacy, and you are about to witness my nerdy family and I use silly voices and a fan-made rule set, Starfinder 2nd Edition. Check the links in the description to join their Discord. A special thank you to Mart for helping us coordinate this and letting us utilize the system that uh, a community of players and GMs have built together. So once again, really excited to try this out. We are picking up a story we did back in the winter so don't miss uh, Remorse Code and A Rock and a Light Rave to follow what has happened so far. Uh, and we have a special shout out to our newest supporter, Lulu, uh, on Discord. Thank you so much, Lulu, for becoming a part of the ever-growing forest known as Avenue Studios. Each of you makes this possible, and I, I cannot say thank you enough. And if you want to become a part of the forest and chat with the people playing tonight and chat with all the different people from AfterQuest, which is most of us tonight, <laughs> and uh, Bomb Squad and all that stuff, uh, do join us on Patreon or Locals. And um, I don't think there's any... Oh, big announcement. In August, we are shifting our, to our new live streaming schedule. Um, so starting in August, AfterQuest will be every Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. And then we will do our Forest Forge and our supporter monthly supporter game with the themed collaboration with Interplanar Crossroads on Thursdays um, at 7 p.m. Eastern. Those will be beginning and end of the month. I will, of course, have our calendar images that I post on all our social media so you can keep up with that. But that'll be the big shift. We're going to try to do this and see if we're not up late at night and uh, still keep playing. It's and children. <laughs> in August, we began, yes, with children. <laughs> Which we love dearly. <laughs> but also, starting in August, we are testing out our multicam live stream. So we'll have a full setup here in the studio, and the whole team of AfterQuest is going to come in, be in person to play. So we're going to be using August to play test that, test that out, make sure everything's working. So it's going to be really chill. But we're also going to be play testing Crucible, the um, alpha version of Crucible, which was created by the Found Foundry Virtual Tabletop team. So very excited to kind of just test a bunch of stuff in August. And then in September, we'll pick up with our next AfterQuest campaign. So I have said enough. I'm going to switch over to everybody else. There we go. <laughs> Blinked on me for a second. And most importantly, Adam, sir, thank you for being here. Where can people find you and what are you up to? Well, greetings and salutations, travelers. and Welcome back to Avenue Studios. That's how I did it the last time, so that's <laughs> how I did it this time. Um, but the Interplanar Crossroads can be found at probably similar places that you can find Avenue Studios. Both of us have a YouTube and a Rumble, so if you want to check us out on either one of those sites, you can. As far as things specifically for the Interplanar Crossroads, we're trying to get to a $100 a month goal for ourselves so that we can make more cool stuff and do more cool things. So we're kind of maxed out on our release schedule right now without reaching that goal. So if you want to see us release more stuff, that's what needs to happen. We need to get to that. 
And Lord willing, once we hit that, we'll be able to devote more time and effort and things like that towards it. You can find ways to support the End of Planar Crossroads on endofplanarcrossroads.com or theiopc.com. Either one of those URLs should work, and that will take tell you, uh, give you links to the different places that you can find us at. So there you go. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I turn it now over to the good Mr. Moral Compass. Thank you, sir, right. for being here. I don't have any announcements, so I reckon we should be diving right on. <laughs> Alrighty. Alright. So, in the lone vastness of space, there's not much except the light of the stars shining upon what material is still there. However, for those who are able to pick it up, a lone message cries out. My name is Charles Trester. We have been recovered by the beings known as the Ilfid, a long forgotten faction of the universe. They, they are mad. They have killed all my friends aboard the Omega Theta of the Tiberius Sector. We were just scientists and transports. We weren't meant for battle. I didn't sign up for this. They, they turned my friends against me by turning them into... I can't describe the horrors on that ship. We crashed into planet Mona in Sector Nero, a communications transference planet. Those who were stationed there rescued me, and when I blacked out, I awoken to being aboard the Ilfid ship. We have been traveling for who knows how long. Void travel and influence has destroyed our sense of time. The Ilfid want to use us in their quest against the galaxy, but especially, especially the Empire and, and whatever that entails. Follow the signal coordinates for our latest position. As the, if for those who are picking up, it seems to repeat, but nothing is there. As though wherever it came from is from nothing. And now turning it over to Unji. Hello, Unji. I'm gonna do kind of a montage to kind of recap what happened in the last two episodes we played. Unji speaks. We have served the Empire all our life. The Empire chose us, and we answered the call. We see a montage of Unji's family celebrating in their tiny apartment, Unji training in the academy, Instructors and other initiates screaming in fear or turning comatose when Unji uses her gift. Commanders reprimanding her. Her parents' last visit where her father is scolding her and her mother cries softly, not looking at her. As time passes, Unji becomes more slumped, her eyes red and tired and slowly covering herself in her kimono more and more. We have given the Empire all of us. But we are not enough. Oh, we are too much. We had no place, no purpose the Empire could offer us. That is the when the voices came. They whispered and screamed, derided and consoled. They spoke to us, and we listened. But before we lost ourselves in the sea of voices, a place at last for us was found. We see Unji taking the transport to Sector Nero and meeting Sergeant Jamkins and Irons in the docking bay on planet Mona. 
We were given a purpose and a place. We were given a family. We see Jampkins assembling Irons, Jolinar, Sevens, Ruby, and Unji, and assigning them to Communications Estate A. A montage of the team working together. Ruby and Sevens arguing about Skip, Ruby's beloved drone companion. Everyone rolling their eyes at Iron's latest retro song collection. Jolinar sitting and eating with Unji, telling her about his home. Iron storming into Unji and Ruby's dorm to wake up Ruby in the middle of the day, again. These were the first and only to open themselves willingly to us, to let us live almost as one of them. We see Ruby smiling at Unji and offering her a Cheeto, making an orange mess all over her kimono sleeve. Irons allowing Unji to touch the scars on his face and having a moment to connect through the pain inflicted by the, by the void on them both. In an elevator, we see Unji bumping into Sevens, giving Unji a glimpse of the horror and pain Sevens experienced before coming to Mona. En route in the APC, we see Jolinar offering his hand to her to bring her peace and calm in her moment of fear. It was almost good until they came. Those that walk within the void, filled with malice, hate, and vengeance, ill-fits. We see Jolinar and Ruby investigating the purple lightning sparking off the communications station as Sevens guards the door. The whole team hunkering down in the APC as the Omega Theta vessel crash lands on the planet. Unji picking up the crystallized knife and seeing the Ilfits attack, brutally crushing the crew of Omega Theta. We see the team fighting through the bloated, reanimated bodies to escape the ship. Finally, the gray-skinned face of Sergeant Jamkins aiming his laser pistol at Ruby. They came with the void. They rode upon its seeking wave. With twisted joy, they took him from us. We see a scene of Irons battling with Mildred, his shotgun, against the coagulation. Grabbing a grenade off a fallen soldier, he turns toward the group and commands them to run. As Jolinar grabs Unji, Irons smiles at the coagulation and activates the grenade right inside of it. Unji screams as she is carried off, and a multitude of other voices screaming rises with her own. Still, we fulfilled our duty to the Empire, even though it cost us everything. We see a scene of Sevens deftly shooting the pistol out of Jamkin's gray-skinned hand, saving Ruby. Jolinar grabbing him, and Ruby sending the signal to the Empire that Planet Mona has fallen to the Ilfid. You better keep your promise, Ruby's voice shouts in Unji's mind, echoed by many other dark voices. We fulfilled our duty, even though it cost us our future. Cost us what could have been. Unji takes Jolinar's hand in hers as the Iron Commander enters with the Ilfid army. The Iron Commander being Iron's body, held together by the strange crystals, and Mildred, Mildred his shotgun, now a part of his arm. Jolinar grabs Unji's face and says, Krenis. Tears fall down Unji's face as she knows the weight of Jolinar revealing his true name to her. She kisses him in that moment before the Ilfid can take them away and sends to his mind her vision of what their life could have been together, returning to his home planet, making a home by that canyon he spoke of so often, and the final scene of her holding their first child on her hip 
as he heads off for the day's hunt with the sun rising over that red canyon. We have nothing now but the memory that never was. Now we are in the void, in a sea of hate and rage. The darker voices cannot be assuaged. Their screams of vengeance fill our every waking moment. We have fled from them as far as we can in this accursed void. The only place we have left, the home that never was. Sustained only by the strength of my husband. Now these monsters of the void ask for our aid in their thirst for revenge. The dark voices that swirl around us drool and cry for us to embrace this path and take from the Empire all that they took from us. But we still have our family here in this tormented place. We want to do what's best for them, but we are afraid. Where do their hearts hide in this swirling void? Where is the fire that burns so bright? So Ruby is sitting on the floor of her old bunk room and cross-legged. She's a redhead, young redhead, freckles. She looks like herself. Her eyes are closed and you hear children giggling around her and like having fun. You just hear that sound and... Um, her room is actually clean for once and she has all of her gear on her and, um, so then it goes in closer to her face, her eyes open and fire flows around her as she stares and says, you promised. Where is the relentless wind undaunted by the mountain standing in its way? Sevens is standing in the corner, flicking a piece of metal between his fingers. But Sevens is not really a he, as she has removed her helmet, as it has been who knows how long it has been. Flicking a piece of metal with many marks on it, helmet under hand, and just staring at the floor. In Seven's mind, there is the little rage of the last battle. Then it flips backwards even more in time to her first deployment with her entire battalion. And she was the only one left. The screams, the fighting, the things that she saw. And then the commander's telling her that everything went as planned. And then she realized, this is why she's here. To fight monsters. And she willingly accepts that. And plans to destroy them all from within, if need be. Where is the water that once flowed with sweet songs? And was always there to guide? A stern expression is ever held on a pale face. The broken helmet reveals a single heavily scarred sky blue eye, an eye that is always watching. No smile comes to his face, no song to his lips. All that seems to move are the colors of fuchsia and cyan within the indigo crystals that fuse the old Commander Irons to his armor and shotgun Mildred to make the new being the Iron Commander. 
And where is the stalwart rock upon whose strength I have found my home? And Jolinar comes in like he's coming through the door of the yurt, just kind of like pulling the door aside, coming in almost like in the most tangible way, like he belongs in this sort of dream state with her. He's dressed very differently than you've seen him in his armor. His hair is longer, his um, kind of reddish skin is tanner, and he's dressed much more in earth, um, earthy animal leathers and woven um, materials. Uh, like he's just come back from a hunt. And he comes in and he looks at Unji. Um, is a little bit quiet, but like kind of looking at her with concern as he puts some things down. Um, and he says, it is almost time for us to leave. The, the herds are moving. The rest of the tribe will be leaving. We have to go with them. Unji is holding her baby and kind of tucks it in tight. We, we do not think the baby can make it. He's not ready, not strong enough yet. Don't we have more time? And he won't answer that. He'll just come over and just put his arms around her and kind of tilt his head down on top of hers. Not with as much room as you would think you would give somebody who was holding a baby, but very much like he is just holding her. Here only in the Mind Palace to Jolinar, Yunji will, will speak in first person, or in singular person, I should say. I'm afraid. So am I, but you are strong, and I will not leave you. There's so many voices calling. I'm worried they'll take the baby. He's not strong enough. They will not take what we do not let them take. I will try to trust you. And he will take her hand and he will gently, if she will follow him, try to lead her out of the yurt. I think she, she definitely follows, but she's holding the baby really tight and, and definitely lagging behind. I think as we go out, for her, there's a swirl of voices shouting on either side. There's this path that Jolinar is wanting to take them on, and everywhere there's just these voices screaming and the sounds of the Ilfid among, amongst them. I think that might be a good spot to turn it over to Compass. All right. 
Atheron was a planet that was rich in mining prospects. In the span of a year, a settlement was established which drew in great crowds and families looking to make their life a success story to pass down through the ages. Prosperity and wealth swept a generation with fanfare and good fortune. However, there was a major miscalculation. What was once thought a planet filled with precious ore and minerals was actually a pretty face in disguise. It was discovered that everything of worthwhile importance was surface deep and the planet had nothing more to give. All further settling of the planet was cancelled, trade was calling it an end, and the vast troves of mining equipment now is little better than scrap. A mass exodus of people and supplies made... Uh, mass exodus of people and supplies um, made who remained to keep the settlement afloat with a skeleton crew of people on a world harsh and barren. However, discovery within the extended mine of an ancient door... Yeah, Within the extended mine was an ancient door into the, the unknown, which sparked interest, something maybe hope or dread. Most have taken this as dread, and a great deal of so few people have departed five days ago on the supply ship promising to return, if anything is there um, after the return in some time. Those who stayed have discussed and argued about how to enact upon this discovery. Then yesterday afternoon, an Empire archaeologist stopped by demanding to inspect the discovery. She and her guard entered the mine and put an energy field around the entrance to stop others from following. The settlers decided to reconvene in the morning and decide what to do about the discovery and possible further impl implications. That, however, is where something they did not realize what was going to happen. For the actual characters, the actual crew, are now a part of them. As your targets are now one of you, you have uh, enacted the void and are now influencing your fellow targets. The, the day has now started as you are all rising with whatever state you are now in. You look around it takes a little bit to get used to, but you are now in a state where you can fully interact with your target. The target wants to go and meet at the common, uh, the, the bar, the common house. That is where the meeting is going to be held. All right. So the idea, the battle plan is to influence the the meeting at the common house, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and that's what we gotta do, and that's where we're gonna see everyone. Yeah. Definitely so for the Johnsons, you, you are right there. Maybe you even catch eyes with each other. You know that it's successful. Is it as much control as we want to have, though? Because, like, you chose could your we be able... You chose your stage of control? Yeah. And you would just go based off of that. Okay. But we can choose to mentally talk to each other, our characters, if at any point. Yes. Yeah, as start. Iron's... As the Iron Commander said on the on the last episode, the last thing he said, "Welcome to the crew." You know, it has certain benefits. 
Are you saying that to Pete, your target? Or are you talking mm. to the, the rest of your actual crew? I guess in a certain way he would say it to, he would think it to him. Welcome to the group. Okay. So y'all will be making your way to the common house. Which... Uh, as Bruce goes by to the common house, he's gonna pet the six-legged turtle lizard creature with two tails. As you, as you get out and start moving your way to the common house, you do see Atheron, your long, long-time pet of the settlement, lying there on the rock, sunbathing as he usually does. Does not seem bothered at all with you coming close at, to pet. Although, as soon as you touch Atheron, he looks Scrus directly into the eyes, which, through your memory uh, of Scrus, that doesn't happen. And there's a flash in its eyes as it looks towards you. And it gets up from its rock and moves over to another rock. Well, good morning to you, too. Don't worry, I'll be coming back for some of that venom later. I gotta make more. I go through it too much. Hey, that buddy. is something that Jacob would say. Hey, Betty, good morning. Good morning. And what's good about it? Uh, we're alive, aren't we? Come on, Betty, you gotta come drink with me sometime. Have some, don't worry about it, but it's a little early, alright? It's never too early. I haven't even had my tea yet. Don't worry, I got you the right stuff. Pulls out a bottle of moonshine. You can have some of this, it's gonna wake you up. She'll hold over tea. Well, I suppose if you're adding it to the tea, we could go with that. But just a little bit. We got a meeting here. Right, right. And Scrooge's mind, he's thinking about how he's going to switch the contents of the tea and the moonshine just to give her more moonshine than tea. <laughs> <laughs> just sit next to her and keep filling it up all in my own meeting. Yep. <laughs> he opens the door, Betty. Are you going Thank to you, the... Scrooge. As you open into the, the barroom area, um, the Hargraves have been hard at work trying to get a bunch of chairs, drinks ready, usually everyone's favorite meal and drink. They're trying to just get everyone comfortable. Definitely a look of grimace on their face and they're just kind of pacing back and forth. They're very unison in that. Um, you, uh, they're definitely a pair that um, opposites do not attract. They are almost one and the same about how they interact with each other. All, uh, when one calls upon the other, the other one's able to finish whatever's going on. Hmm. You, this situation, situation would be better. Um, so, uh, unless anyone starts it, I think Gideon will. Sounds good. All right. Well, listen up, people. We know that um, Empire Archaeologist is down there in the mines. Um, uh, Alonzo, you, yeah. you've been dealing with that area. Think you know 
how long she'll be down there. You, you know from Alonzo's memory that it, it just takes about two hours to get to the location. And if she did follow your map, she'll probably be back soon if she didn't sleep. Uh, she should be back soon. Yeah, they don't sleep. I'd like to know what she finds down there. I'm certain it will be good for us. Well, that's what you keep on saying, isn't it? I know it. I'm starting to think the opposite now. We're getting all these Empire people to investigate. That's a Settlement good sign. is um, good sign. Good sign. They still haven't offered an agreement. We have five months left of just dealing with trade. After that, we could be dead. No, never. Good riddance. Honestly, I'm half tempted to agree with Pete on this one because we got cactus juice here. <clears throat> we got everything we need to survive. At least have a good time about it. Look, Skrusk, I understand you like to sell your cactus juice, you know, out world. I still am not buying from you if we lose that trade agreement. Oh, it's not like you're going to have much of a choice. <laughs> I don't like that one bit. <laughs> Come on, I have another one. No. So, I think we, as discussed before, we have a few options. I think we can either work with the Empire on this. We can leave like the others. Betty, you said you had some people. Any, Anything with, like, someone to trade with? I feel like we're running out of options on this. Irons well, would send a signal to Jolinar telepathic, telepathically for that's the preference. That they stay? No, the, the third party, easier to influence. Um, what is our objective that we're trying to convince these people to do right now? So at the moment, they are in the middle of discussions about this this thing that they've discovered. However, they are not aware about it is drawing in outside forces. That is why you are here. Another force right. is going to be coming in, not the Ilfin, but another one, primal, bestial, that is supposed to be arriving very soon. And um, we want to prep them for that so they survive that. Yes. But whether or not they keep messing with this thing doesn't really have an impact on it, right? As far as you're aware, yeah. Your and having them leave doesn't really have wasn't something that we want we kind of just want them to stay put and survive right and all this little politics stuff about who they trade with kind of like doesn't matter a lot right basically it's just something that can get them through because mm -hmm. any long-term deal you don't really care about or at least um the ill-fit don't right um so and, and joel and i's approach is not really controlling Betty. It's just kind of letting Betty do what she wants. And he has sort of told her things, um, but isn't really directly controlling her and isn't like monologuing in her brain at all. Okay. Um, so Betty would just be like, well, our list of uh, people out here is getting pretty thin. We are 
pretty far down the line. But at the same time, we've come out here and we've we've made a good living for ourselves. And even if it's not a big thing like Scruff says, we're out here on our own. We're doing it. You know, I haven't gotten this far to just give up. And frankly, I'm not sure that I'm young enough to make it all the way back to the Empire. So where I put down roots is where I plan to stay. You ain't that old, old woman. I ain't as old as you. Yeah, spits into whatever canteen there is over on the ground. Listen to what Buddy Buddy says. Sorry, go ahead. You're all in agreement about this. Oh, no, I benefit either way, however this plays out. Either we get new people to come in, either by, by the Empire, Independent Faction, or we all just left by ourselves and we set up whatever we want. I benefit no matter however this rolls. Alright. Alright, let's do a raise of hands. Who says we should be getting out of here? Um, he and his wife raised their hands the same. What about the rest of the characters? Pete, in his normal, obstinate fashion, would cross his arms and... Alonzo's shaking his head. Thrust giggles at the idea and takes another swig. Ian goes to raise his hand and then feels the need to put it back down. Alright. Alright. Looks like we're staying. And, um... We're gonna have to deal with that. All right, so about this discovery, the the ancient door that Alonzo found, mm-hmm. but he was saying that was almost indestructible from what little he had, and have to find a way into it. I imagine that's what that Empire archaeologist is doing, whatever she's up to. Um. All right, so I think we have few options then. We're not leaving. We're staying. Mm-hmm. We will be either now dealing with the Empire or trying to get someone else. Uh, I do know of a few people that maybe I can make connections with, but um, who am I kidding? All right, some we're, we're gonna be working with the Empire, aren't we? All right, he just he he seems to be just trying to get more resigned to the idea. Uh, even though he's an Empire pilot, you know, retired Empire pilot, he just doesn't seem to want to get involved, probably because he just doesn't want to get back involved in the Empire politics. He came here for a reason. Um, all right, working with the Empire uh, again and again. All right. Oh, so this is, here's the thing. Uh, and I know maybe I'm sort of interjecting where I shouldn't be, and maybe it's uh, what Krusk's putting my tea, but... I just think oh, that this whole never. business... Oh, I mean, it's a compliment. Don't worry about that. Oh, okay. But yeah, I did do that. This whole thing about who we're trading with is, of course, important. And, you know, the Empire or whoever it is. But it might be a little premature to be putting a lot of effort into that right this minute. I've got a sort of feeling and, uh, you know, maybe it's Maybe it's the tea talking, but we might have some other things to worry about. It's a harsh world out here, and we maybe, if we're staying, should be looking out for 
our well-being out here. What are you saying? Don't quite. Yeah, I don't quite understand. This is the future of our settlement. Ta Why shouldn't we be talking too. about this? We need to buy time. I exactly we're gonna buy time. You gonna trap some old equipment in front of that their mine? Yeah, and but like, don't, don't any of the rest of you get the idea that there's a storm coming? We gotta make sure we can weather that storm before we set up shop proper. Storm, storm. I feel a little bit about that. He's like, I've been flying these skies for quite some time. I know a storm when I see one. I look. Oh, up don't be an idiot and think I mean a literal storm. <laughs> these are my old bones talking. When I They're say storm, right. I mean a storm. And I thought you said that she wasn't old. I know you've been through a lot. My understanding is you've been here since the start of the settlement. And longer than any of you. Yeah, that is true. I object to that statement. I object to that. Well, you don't count. You're hardly a person, Pete. Scrass is laughing joyfully. We and need... every time she says something mean to Pete, you can tell it's because he's probably your favorite person. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do more than survive, though. We need to thrive for the younger generation to bring them back. I... And I think real quick, in our mental connections, Unji's gonna shout out, Hernes, the voices want to crush his spirit. I can't do this. I can't do this. They're screaming. And she's like in their mind palace. She's like pulling against him and like holding the baby tight, trying to run back into the house. And everyone Daddy, else can see up. that Alonzo's like. Daddy's going to get up and walk over and slap Alonzo in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and say, pull it together. You're not helping anything. Because, <sighs> Dad, I've never seen you like this. Um. Yes. Uh, now I'm sorry about that. That was probably a bit out of turn, but he sits down. He deserved it. He deserved it. It's fine. No, you were right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. While Betty is busy with that, Scruss is putting more into her teacup and swirling it around. And it's just Pete's, gigg it. Pete's giggling with Scruss while that's happening. I think I had a dream, and I don't normally pull off stock in these. But I do think there's something coming what's going to threaten our little settlement here. And I ain't about to let stand by and let that happen. So I need y'all to man up and help me figure this out. What do you suggest we do about this storm? There's so few of us left. Um, even if, what, is, is it something short term? What's this coming, the storm? I don't really know, but... I just had a bad feeling about it. Yeah. I ain't discounting my bad feelings. I felt it too. There's something yeah. out there. What about the rest of you? Eh, nightmares. I just drank them away. I... I think at this point, Gideon is just gonna, like, shake his head and just go down a drink. You're drinking the wrong stuff! Have some of my shine! I'll put your words to rest. 
<laughs> Rhea will come up and start speaking he in good taps. place. Go ahead. Pete kind of taps his glass over at uh, Skrusk and says, while Skrusk is pouring him some, says, mm -hmm. I came out this far to get away from the Empire. I ain't gonna be dealing with them none. Now they left their fancy pants shuttles. Is the pilot even around still? Can we actually ask questions? Is that even um, a thing we can do? Are you saying this as Skrusk? Yes. Okay. Uh, I think Rhea will step up. Well, let's put this together. As my husband was saying, um, this is our one time to get away. As that archaeologist lady came in, she had her shuttle, and her and her bodyguard went into that mine. There's enough people on that shuttle for all of us. Um, that's why we thought it could be a, a good way to get off this rock before anything bad would happen. And there is something, a storm brewing. Why should we stay? That seems more of a reason to go. My livelihood's here. My beer is here. We, we've all made establishments in one way or another. Uh, you've made your brewery. We've been keeping this bar running for quite some time. You're welcome. Um, the, the Johnsons, they've uh, been continuing the mining operations and the mechanical upkeep of this entire settlement. Uh, and of course, Pete um, being able to account for everything that has been going on. And we, and Betty, of course, leading the fray and the entirety of it. I just don't know. This, I just can't seem to find a reason to stay. We have friends on the outside. We can go to friends. You're seeming to indicate we're just going to have enemies here. No one's saying you have to stay if you don't want to. Well, we can't exactly leave until the, the um, until she comes back, so. I was just gonna say, if you're gonna take the thing, I'm just gonna lie and say pirates came, kidnapped you guys, and took the ship. I'll cover for you. Don't worry, your bar is in good hands. But the idea of stealing <laughs> from the Empire right now to escape the Empire doesn't seem that great of an idea. Oh, it'll take them, what, weeks to get back here? Really? Honestly, and they won't remember a thing what happened, I promise you. The, um... For those who are standing next to the windows, you, you do start to realize that they, um, the sky is getting slightly red. I think I might drink too much and my eyes are bleeding. The, um, hey, look outside. Not yet. <laughs> okay, good. I, I, he takes another gulp and looks outside again. Yeah. The, um, I mean, if you're looking around and such, you could give me a perception check. Oh, yeah. Perception. Roll. My Wait, word. Our perception. Ooh, okay. All right. Come on, well, Scrusk. Uh, Scrusk. Nice. Uh, <laughs> by the power of beer, I see all. <laughs> Looking outside, and you, I don't know. I guess you're used to scanning for any sort of details across everywhere. 
I mean, there's a reason why your brew is brew and not poison. Um, <laughs> you notice like a break in the, the clouds, seemingly a large object is falling from the sky uh, towards the planet. The, um, oh my uh, word, there's a meteorite. Especially if you're skill, it looks like it's moving, so it's a living object. Oh wait, no, that's just a no. That's a meteorite with jet thrusters on it. Some shuttle is coming down here, and it looks like a rock. Yep, that's what it is. And with that, he is going that sober assumption. He is going to sit up and walk outside to get a better look at it. Alonzo is probably right. going to run out too. Ian too. Yeah, Alonzo would keep Ian close. Where Ian? <laughs> and uh, as everybody's going out, Irons would send a mental message to Rose. Sabotage of the ship might be necessary to keep the Empire's, Empire's agents on planet. He means Ruby. <laughs> oh, Ruby, yeah. Ruby Rose. I was like, I think that's me. <laughs> I did that last time too. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, um, um, it's quite a distance away, but for those who are looking, you definitely point out, see what Scruss is referring, um, referencing to. Um, I think Gideon will eventually go outside too. Um, Scruss will point it out for him. Are you uh, drunk enough to see it? I'm just thinking who would I think Pete Gideon and Betty would probably recognize it mm. um so from what your knowledge entails these are um a type of creature called blood jaws they're um creatures that are built I guess you could say of creatures they're antibodies everything about them is like a giant creature inside of a creature inside of a creature and this is one of their ways of getting through space is to okay interesting but um <laughs> i love that one smile of the... <laughs> one of the ways that they're going uh through space is that this is a um a creature, their type of ship, that is supposed to crash into a planet and it will explode. And other creatures will, um, inside of it, will start swarming. They have, from what you would know from your characters, well, your actual characters, this is the proper, um, this is the beginning of their invasion. Of the ill have a storm for you? Uh, no, the um, the ones who are coming before you, you weren't sure what they were, but now with your, um, with your puppet's memories, you 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 now know what you're looking at. Uh, can I make an intelligence or some kind of skill check to determine how far away that thing is going to either crash or where it's end up going to go? You could give me um an intelligence. Sure. Roll. Okay. Yep. This is this is the correct course of action now. 
Yeah, um, you're you're not quite sure, but at least from how far away it is, it might be a few hours. Nah, I won't. Maybe it might. Well, it'll be probably about thirty minutes before it crashes, and then maybe like a few hours before coming here. But you're not really sure beyond that. Well, folks, I guess we have to go inside and stay there when that thing hits. Wait, no, we're a couple of hours away, so we should be fine. That dirt storm is not going to hit us. Nah, it's like he said something smart. Should, can we try to reach out to the Empire and get behind that energy shield? Of what? The, Irons um... would be curious if the Void Sense, whether through Unji specifically, Specifically, or uh, just in general, could reach out to ping if there was like, if the people inside were past that shield were actually still alive or conscious or anything like that. Uh, with Unji's powers, you could tell, but um, but since y'all are well, at least the question was brought up. Uh, Gideon is pulling out his um, military uh, military. Um, communications device and just trying to see if he can pick up anything. So he's doing that. Uh, Ian, you probably could um, fashion um, a device back in your shop to uh, do enough amplification for his device to get through any sort of interference. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking of like Ian can do something. <laughs> um, let me help you with that. He's going to grab the communication device and head back to his room to work on it. Okay. I think... Um, How far out is our ill-fed faction from actually being at the planet? Uh, within teleportation range, it'll um, be by end of day. Well, this day, okay. anyway. So they have to survive that long. Yes. Irons would relay that deadline, uh, that timeline, to everybody, mentally. Okay. The Iron Commander, but... Ah, wait, um, I screws. Um, does... Is, is the meeting over? Is the town meeting over now? Um... It seems to have, as people are trying to figure out what to be doing, uh, the Hargraves are talking to each other, trying, um, kind of like in private. Y'all are just... Chris is going to scoot over to Pete. Hey, Pete. What? Hey, do you... Uh, underground, there's like no other tunnels that go out, right? Like underneath your house, where all the dead people are. Gives them the side eye. And if there was? Well, I was thinking, like, we could use, if that thing actually is, like, a lot closer, because, you know, I'm, I do beer, I don't do, he looks up at the rock, space rock science. If that thing gets closer to us and we're going to get like hit. Like the Russian nesting dolls of teeth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Russian, what on earth are you talking about? Continue on. Oh, never mind. You're not from Earth. You wouldn't get it. Yeah, obviously. Anyway, so I was thinking, your house has no windows in it, and it has a basement. 
So I was thinking we could go in and hide there if there's like a big old dust storm or something. Sound good? I'll bring the booze. He puts, he puts up quotes, dust storm. Yeah. Alright. I said uh, it was fine to me. I think it'd be safer inside that cave, but good I don't know we can get in work. there. We'd have to blast another way around or get some equipment to dig around that thing. Then it'd just be a waste. Because um, we just opened up another hole. Yeah. Anyway, I'll All go right. get Bruce and I'll be right back. Alright. Run off to his house. He, and before, as he like opens the door, he looks back over to the sunbathing lizard. What is the lizard doing? The lizard is actually standing up, looking towards the object falling out of the sky, and just seems to be tracking it. He's gonna whistle over to it, see if he can get his attention. Uh, give me some, like, a diplomacy, which I guess for Skraska, and just roll me a charisma. Yep. Alright. He kind of gives you, like, a quick side-eye, but then looks right back to the the object. Well, as long as he acknowledged to me, I'm gonna yell at it, Hey! Pete's house is gonna be a safe place if you wanna go in there! And then with that, he's gonna go into the house. Okay. His booze. For Ian, can you give me a mechanics check? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Tractable roll. Very roll. <laughs> so, after just a, a few minutes of tinkering, you're able to um, hook it up to your amplifier, and you start going through the waves, and you do actually hear a communication that's going on. Um, seems to be in the middle of a conversation, probably between uh, the archaeologist and her bodyguard. Um, they're currently talking about how this could be a very big find, and this will get her exactly what she's looking for. Um, and to be able to um, get her family um, out of the... Um, out um and getting out and back into the inner sphere of the empire mm. and okay. they are currently heading up and they're just talking very casually um so ian is going to grab anything from his workstation that could help him um and then he's gonna run back to his dad Okay. And pull him aside, actually. <laughs> Father! Father! Yes? Um, the archaeologist and the bodyguard, um, do they have a big find down there? He, like, takes a kind of a step back and puts his hand on Ian's shoulder. You're sure? Yes, she said it. She said that she will get into the inner sphere of the Empire. Then there's hope. Can you talk to them? Father, this is your find. This is not theirs. No, Ian. It does not matter as long as this home stays. 
Pool hockey don't matter. Pete's Pete's eavesdropping like he usually is. <laughs> you don't let him take your steak from you. What's the matter with you? What about all that let's do it for the kids stuff? That is what I am doing. It, Betty, Betty. They they found something down there. Yeah. It's good. I don't know. I got a bad feeling about that too, honestly. You got a bad feeling about everything. Well, maybe I do. But well, you know what? I'll I'll level with three of you. I got that dream I was saying I had. Well, see, this runs in my family, so it ain't that odd. But my mother, my aunts, the women folk in our family have a sort of connection, you know, to the spiritual. And I reckon there's some dead boy trying to help me out here. Now, poor thing, I hate to break it to him, but I'm for sure he's dead. He doesn't seem to know it. But he's got a sort of feeling about what's going on here. He's trying to, like, he's trying to warn us. Only thing is that I think the thing he's trying to warn us about He's also got a bad feeling about what comes after. Now, I don't know what to do about that, but I thought I'd tell you guys. I trust you. He just rolls his eyes. Get people. I think the heart and I'm sorry for slapping out. you. That was a bit <laughs> much, but honestly, Alonzo. Hey, Pete, I got the beer and the ale. And the moonshine. Put it in the mor put it in the mortuary area. I'm on it. My house is a safe haven. Starts. Come drink the apocalypse away. Even if there are many storms coming, we have to ride out each of them. That's true. I'm with you there. This is a an invasion. We aren't trapped for this. But if there's something the Empire wants, they will protect it. That's great. But if we're already dead and they've already overrun us, I don't see how the Empire is coming to our aid. The, the Empire ain't oh. coming to our aid. Even if they were the, too slow and we ain't the priority. Now Gideon, if you thought coming out here would be all goat ranching and cattle farms and easy crops, you had another thing coming. You knew what you were getting into when you either got sent out here or volunteered. Well, I mean, I expected something, but not quite like this. Um, oh, you didn't expect a, a flesh storm of teeth and claws coming to rip your little town apart? Welcome to the frontier. That doesn't normally happen on the frontier. Uh, whatever. These days. Um, hmm. You're all serious about staying. I ain't got nowhere else to go. Neither do I. And how do we expect to fight? I don't have my gunship. Do any of you have military-grade anything? 
What is this about military grade anything? What I miss? Oh, Gideon's wanting to fight and shoot some flesh stuff. Not, but I mean, if we are, are going to. Pirates? Yeah, when are we calling the pirate? Uh, the uh, the the other people that that buy the beer, the the shine. When are we gonna call them? Where's my other customers? I'll I'll let you know. Wait. I did call someone. Truth. Awesome. Did anyone get that communication thing bit uh, fixed? Because um, I was busy um, acquiring supplies. Yes. When uh, when Gideon's when he says that he called someone, Irons would want the Ill, would want someone on the ill-fed side to be sweeping combs for what that communication was. All right. Um, you do get in a communication which was encrypted. They're currently working on it. And he's just going to ask him, who'd you call? Um, well, I mean, there was more than one reason I left the Empire. Um, Pirate. called some of the, the rebel faction. They're, they're not bad people. They just want rights and better supply routes and just things to be able to survive. You just thought you'd go ahead and make this call on your own. Who died and left you in charge? Because it wasn't me. It was... Look, I... No one's going to outlive her. fully understand that you're in charge of this. I'm, uh, I'm in charge I of am. my family. And I'm going to make sure they're safe. Curious looks pee up and down. She's going to outlive you for sure. Shut up. <laughs> Takes a swig of the mm. moonshine. Has anyone seen the lizard Arthuron? Where'd he go? Really? His house is the safe place. I don't know. He was on that rock over there. What's what? How is he? <laughs> How's he in there? He's currently Arthur in the force field. Wait, Arthuron, oh. what you doing in there? <laughs> Oh, Bruce hilarious. is laughing as he kind of walks over <laughs> after Pete. Alright, but the rest of you, um, what are you doing about the communication device? Well, real quick... Well, I suppose what's done is done. It would be Betty's opinion. Um, when Gideon says that thing about family, there's going to be a moment where Alonzo looks at Ian and it's... and uh, there's Unji in in her mind space hears him say family and she looks towards ruby kind of like reaching out so ruby you can feel her kind of reaching out and you can maybe get a glimpse of her and jolinar in that moment and she's reaching out wondering what you're thinking why do you have a baby We are afraid. We don't know what to do. But we want to help our family. Yeah, I want to help my family too. I need to get out of here. This is just between us. 
Well. <clears throat> Sevens is gonna walk over to the two girls and if single finger um, knuckles taps both of them on the head. Us? Yep, both of you. Ow. It's like, think. What are we here to do? Live. Mm-hmm. So, we need either that forest field down, or we need Pete's house. I'd rather have the forest field. So, someone get on that calm, and ask them, and tell them, what is happening out here? The, um... The object from space hits the ground. There's a bit of shaking. You know that you won't be hit by any sort of sandstorm, but you know that something's going to be moving now. And with that, Seven says, because we're currently running out of time, or at least they are. Yes. So to save them, and in a way, save ourselves and all of us, our families do we agree to use this little thing that they have and i guess you two have because i'm enjoying myself currently <laughs> that to call those people down there and probably get some extra fire hands at least i mean they have to have guns on that ship sevens throws her hands up in the air and walks back over to the corner You wish to get home? Yeah. Unji's gonna look to Joel and R. Just between the two of them, back in their mind palace. Karen, this. Unji. I want to come with you. I just don't know if I'm strong enough. You are. I know you are. What do you need from me? I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know that the baby's strong enough to make it. We are strong enough to make it. We will make it. Do you want to I do? will be with you. I will. I will come for you in this life, in every life. Think, as yeah, as they're I think discussing. We're on the same <laughs> irons. Uh, on the outside, people would see irons. Like anybody that looks at him would see irons, and his crystals have that swirl going on inside them. But he would. He would be attempting to use this to I guess around Unji in the mind on the outside nothing necessarily happens but inside the crystals the cyan color becomes more dominant and the fuchsia swirling with it on the in the mind palace there's this there might have been this moment where just a a little hue of cyan and fuchsia welled up around Unji. 
think there's she closes her eyes and lets it swirl around her and for when she closes her eyes for a moment the the baby actually disappears and if Krennis will offer his hand she'll take his hand yeah I think he would probably be um like have his hands kind of like gently on her face and when she like closes her eyes and relaxes just kind of like sort of gently stroke his fingers through her hair a little bit mm. while she's just kind of taking that moment. I think then we come back and we're with Sevens and Ruby and everyone. What do you need us to do? Who's who's messing with the father? I can't fi- I can't remember which one is which. Unji. Yep, Unji. And then Ruby has oh, the son. I was actually asking this out loud. Oh, oh. <laughs> we... I can't remember. Okay. We hold the father. Oh, well, I got the father son. Needs to make... <laughs> the father needs to make the decision if he's going to call in to warn those people downstairs. Because that is what father or the Betty would do. Looks around, then remembers it's Jolinar, and points I, to him I, when he talks about. Could the... ask her. Um, she's more concerned about the immediate people here. They are her people, but she I would. would I think more guns. I think more guns. Possibly Ian another can way. help with that for sure. Well, it's at least a plan. We will move the father then. As you were. He goes back leaning against the wall. Having fingers. Back on the planet. I think. Alonzo looks at Ian. And at Betty. I, I think we should reach out to them. There... There has to be... Something they have in the ship... They must... The Empire never comes empty-handed. Need everything we can get our hands on. I can look. That's for sure. I'll go. And Ian's gonna run over to the shit. To rifle through it. <laughs> uh, right now, the ship is currently locked. Notice he says, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ian will try to use some mechanical skills. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he's not much of an electronics guy, but um, mechanics, you can do something to get it open. Couldn't he have some of Ruby's intuition to point him in the right direction? What type of uh, possession are you using? Second Again, you're level. using split? split. Yeah, split. Okay. Yeah, so you could use um, her electronic skill. Oh, Ooh, that's cool. Where do I pull that up? Under actors. Uh, look under the player's third level and then under Ruby. Uh-huh. There that's she cool. is. Okay. Yeah, it's so computers. Yeah, not electronics. There we go. Computers. I will find so it. So Karan ran further into the, down in the cave, I guess? It looked that way. There you go. Thing just ran off. I like that I thing. Know. I did too. Where do you, how do you think he got in there? 
I don't know. Ready to go. Wait, so does that Ruby... also mean it's not safe down there? So Ruby, Ruby it's gonna take a while, but you could get this open. Okay. She's gonna. So, um, Ian's gonna come up there and be like, uh, I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, he takes a pause and settles down and starts going at the. I'm assuming there's something to open the door. So, yeah, there's a console. Some console. So then start working on that. That's awesome. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt y'all too, though. No, you're good. No, we were just we were just messing around. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is that uh, Scrushk will... I know he doesn't have any of those skills, but he wants to look around to see how on earth Atheron got under... either got underneath or phased through the force field. Uh... So that's survival. I'd be the best for, yeah, it'd be either survival or perception, I guess. Survival would be easier DC, though. I will go with survival. It's based off of wisdom, right? Yeah. Okay, wisdom roll. Go. <laughs> 17 uh, right there. <laughs> 17? You mean 11? Nice roll for me. It oh, was 17. It went right over to 11. Oh. Ah. <laughs> yeah, looking around, um, you, you know, you don't notice anything about how the creature was able to get through. The Iron Commander is keeping tabs on the ET as best he can on the ETA before the flesh storm gets here. Okay. Uh, uh, Betty's gonna. Know... Sorry. You know, in about maybe in. Well, could you give me like some sort of um, like with the Iron Commander, give me some sort of uh, tactics roll or some other justifiable um, mm -hmm. lore check? Okie dokie. Let me see what he's got. Mm -hmm. Intimidation and performance, religion, society, I guess it would be. Society or warfare or nature, I guess. Warfare. Oh, there's warfare. We'll do warfare. Um, yeah, they, they're probably going to be with, uh, about an hour. You're not exactly sure, but it seems to be a safe bet. ETA of one hour. Sevens gives a sarcastic thumbs up. <laughs> so y'all are currently trying to, uh, go for the, um, unlocking the shuttle and such, right? Mm -hmm. Ian gave Alonzo the comms, though. Comms. Okay. Yeah. Should... I was going to say, somebody better get on the horn with the people in the force field, because we got to pick a place to hunker down here. Stat. So Alonzo talking. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? Um, there's a, a voice um, that replies back. Yes. Hello. Yes. I hear you. Uh, how do you have this frequency? Emergency. Oh, whatever. Um, what were you calling about? Was it that shaking? Yes. Some some kind of creature has landed, has crash landed on the planet. What is it, Betty? 
He's, he holds the thing to Betty's face. It's a scourge of death, and you better cooperate unless you want to die horribly. <laughs> Please. Oh my word. All right. Uh, all right, so... Look at that. Um, how do you want me to cooperate? We need some kind of weapons. We need to be safe. Perhaps we could come behind that shield. Be able to survive whatever is coming. Alright. Um. Weapons, weapons. Um. It, she seems to talk with someone else and then uh, gets back. Uh, we do have a flamethrower in the, in the vessel. It's meant more for getting rid of, um, you know, underbrush and whatnot, but it should work. Does that is that what you're looking for? No, that is good. I he looks at Betty. I think Ian and Scrass could maybe juice it up. Yeah, that's that's one thing. What about their force fields? Their force field movable? Is your force field movable? Can we use it? I can, uh, I could deactivate it, but I can only I could deactivate it. Um, I'll, I'll we are going to be up there. Give us twenty minutes, and we'll be right up there. Hurry, please. All right. Because you'll have 40 minutes after that before you die. <laughs> All right. Kirsch has a moment and just gets a tingle when he's mentioned for sprucing up a flamethrower. <laughs> I haven't had that for like a long time. All right. So in about 10 minutes, Ian, you're able to unlock the, the, vet, um, the shuttle and able to get in. Okay. He's going to rummage. <laughs> Try to find at least like uh, something that would make sense for a weapons closet. Alonzo will run over a little and shout to him. They said there's a flamethrower in there or something. At least. Yeah, with that piece of information, you're not going to have to roll. You you start looking through and yeah, you're able to find the, the flamethrower. It's definitely not like the best condition, but it, it works. It, the, it has a... Um, has three cartridges of fuel. You'll have to make more if you want beyond that. Pete okay. looks down and says, There goes all the booze. <sighs> yeah, but it's, it wasn't my best bash. I mean, I could have done better. But yeah, we'll just use up all the booze. Might as well. Wait, have you even tested how Acheron's venom is actually going to interact with flames? With flames? No, with the human anatomy, yes. But, it, but I mean, it's horrible. It's a liquid. You do it over there. <laughs> do what over there? Mexican oh, chemicals. You, you do that over there. I'm gonna be over here <laughs> behind the rock. Skurs just <laughs> laughing as he mutters that loudly for everyone to hear. <laughs> Ian's gonna hold out the. Flamethrower. Can I have help? Gerst looks at it in awe and wonder. Yes. Yes, you may, as he strokes it. Oh, wait, were you, were you asking a serious question? Because I was, like, gonna hold this. Uh, we need fuel for this, right? Yeah, I can work yeah, on yeah. that. Come on, Basically, let's go. Three charges with it. If you want more, you would have to make it. Take it to your workshop, and I'll get the booze. I'll get more of the booze. Atheron's venom could also work. I wonder what color that would make. 
we're a mining town, right? Like we have explosives and we have like gasoline and you have the um the store that's kind of abandoned ish. It's do you have um explosives and other things like that for what hasn't been sold off, so it's very little. Um but yeah, you do have like remnants of I'm gonna stay over here with the safer explosives. <laughs> I'm gonna stay in here with the explosives, goes inside, lights a death stick. <laughs> Keeps me calm. Keeps me calm. <laughs> <laughs> We should see what we have in the supply room, in the supply store. Get it out. Per- the the scientist lady said she could turn the force field off and back on. Should should we hunker down in there? Perhaps set some kind of barricade around, or maybe we could set traps. Well, we're gonna want the most defensible place. Let's assume that the force field only lasts for so long, and then it fails. Or you know, supposing the energy signature actually attracts them and they leech off it till it dies and then we'll only have whatever we've left around us to defend us until we're just shooting them out of the holes as they're crawling in and we hope we can do it before we run out of time. Shut up, old woman! We need to get working! I you want to do something should... useful, you come by my place and you can pull out the stuff. I come out here without a man, I come out here without shotguns. Alright, alright, alright. Curse alone with Ian passes him some booze. This will help. Do you make something with, or what is this? You drink that one, then you use the rest for chemicals. Oh, I have been told never to drink. It's only a 50 50. I lied, it's 75. <laughs> yes, Ruby's like, we need a shot right now. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he just downs it. That's Ugh. my boy! <laughs> Smacks his back real hard. <clears throat> That's it. Uh, you can't die uh, dry. You can't okay. die dry. We got this. Yeah! <laughs> now you're wide awake. So he's gonna is he making the cartridges then for the for the extra ones? I guess I Ian. Believe. Yeah, Ian, you can give me a crafting and scrust, you can give me an alcohol lore. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you'll get three additional cartridges. That's sick. Hey, um, Sweet. Awesome. For those would be in sight of the mine, you see three figures come out of it. Um, Atheron, of course, and then um, a younger-looking woman with her um, Empire bodyguard. She goes over to the force field and deactivates it, picks up the device. Picks up the device generating the force field? Alonzo She's just kind of like down. looking around, just taking in what's going on. Definitely a little so, bit more shock. Based on what the ill-fed are, the information that the ill-fed are giving the Iron Commander, they're all going to be attracted to this thing that's yes. inside there, right? Yes. If we leave it open to them, is that going to serve the purpose? Like, Is that going to give them what they want? Or is it just attracting it will, them? It will... If 
the signal is coming from there. So it's probably going to give them a um it would if you leave it undefended, your mission will be a failure. Okay. Mm. He's gonna relay that to everybody that the preferred place to defend is the mine. It will be it, it's also technically the safest place because it has more defenses mm-hmm. more rock defense than the rest of it. Mm. So when irons is done, sevens pipes up. Isn't that place like the door they found? Chair <laughs> quotes. That door thing is like two hours away from the entrance, right? Yeah. So, if, but that's a walking space, right? So, we can find a better place in there to use the force field, and then guard that location. We should probably go in as far as we can, right? Yeah, that's probably the best course for them, at least. Could we From use the ship? Alonzo's memories, you know that um, because he's the one who's had to have been mining all of it, mm. um, getting to that point, it, the, the most narrow part is probably at the end, because he's been, you know, personally mining, trying to find something to keep this rock afloat. Mm. The father knows that at the end, it is narrowest. Well, that's good to know. What if and, we use the ship the most... to block the entrance? Well, that would at least buy some time. How much, I don't know. Do you not want the ship safe? Rebels are coming, right? Yeah, there's people coming. Irons, Irons will pipe up, will state rather monotonely, yes, there are people coming. And you could tell he's more indicating that we're coming. Yeah. <clears throat> well, the walking dead body isn't wrong. Anyway, I guess um, the father needs to tell those people that'd probably be a good place to hold up. Excuse me, I gotta try out this shot thing Spruce has been making. Goes back over to the corner. Spruce immediately downs a shot. Not even out of character. (laughs) Very well, we will whisper to him. Joel and I will look at Ruby be like... It would be helpful to have the extra barrier if we want to save these people. If we want there to be people when we get there. Yeah. You promise too, Jolinar. And Ruby's gonna sit down on the floor and close her eyes. I think Unji real quick once if when everyone's you know checked back into their puppets <laughs> <laughs> checking in before they go she'll she'll look at you and I we will get them away won't we yes I believe we will I miss I how are you doing Hmm. 
I do not know what we can do for him. But he is still... with us. We must take that as hope. Yes. Sometimes we can still hear him singing. Maybe there will be a time when you should focus your speaking to him to see if you can call him out to come with us. If the time comes, you will know. We will try. There's a quick shot in the Mind Palace where the baby's back in Unji's arm and she just looks out over that canyon at the swirling colors. And then back to Alonzo. We need to... We need to get into the tunnels. I think we should go as deep in as far in. Talking to the scientists. She she takes a little bit and then it's like, I have a shuttle. Let's get out of here. We cannot leave. They will destroy Why everything. Not? Is we must keep what's down there safe? Yes. Yes, I suppose yes. That that does make a lot of sense. Then we must do everything we can. It it gets narrowest near the door. We could. We could put the force field there. That would be funneled in. Perhaps we could even use the ship to block this entrance up here. Okay. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, um. Bird. Uh, I think. Her bodyguard indicates for her to look at something and it's like, yes. Okay, good, good. Um, we have a SOS going out. Um. Hopefully they know I'm here. Um, all right. Um, she she collects herself. All right. Let's um for Alonzo. Do you get him to roll a charisma roll or some sort of diplomacy? Certainly. Hmm. You have deception. <laughs> <laughs> He's not deceiving. <laughs> Alright, uh, Betty, you need any crap out of your office or anything? This might be a split control moment. Oh, okay, okay. But to Betty. Yeah, you need any crap out of your office? Diplomacy. Of course I do. Got lots of stuff stockpiled there. At this point, you know, bring whatever you can find. Never bothered to put most of it away. Should be sitting in the main room. Okay. Helpful as ever. <laughs> If you're okay Just with it, wanders over that way. Get her stuff. If you're okay with it, compass, I'll do a, a split control moment where Unji oh, yeah. is resonating out, using her psychic energy to kind of influence the uh, scientist. Go right ahead. Right. Oh dear! <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Okay. Sadly, we have no hero points. So. <laughs> Your words land, and they do sa- seem to calm her down a little bit more. And he's like, "All right, 
if we are going to do this, then we are going to make this right. Um, what do you the mean? Ship is still our only escape. If can't just throw it into the the tunnel. Is there any other paths out of there? Something that we can Be- use. Betty will ship be coming by, dragging like a crate of probably like explosives and like a shotgun sticking out of it. And be like, well, I suppose the ship being your only way off only matters if you're still alive. You know, otherwise there's things like radios and calling for help with your pretty little discovery and your pretty little face. Of course, that don't matter if you're dead and your discovery is a pile of trash. Gold diplomacy? Question mark? (laughs) That is how Betty does diplomacy. (laughs) We all know how she does it. Oh, right. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, roll diplomacy. (laughs) Yeah, somebody roll diplomacy for me. Betty! Betty! (laughs) Sacrificing the shuttle, that doesn't make any sense. We... Where can we put it, though? Uh... Um, Okay, so at this point, Betty will just grab the shotgun and point it at her. Be like, you're wasting time, girl! Um, I think that's when the bodyguard will interject himself, and he'll point his gun at you. Bruce comes around as soon as Betty begins doing that, sees what's going on, hides behind, around the corner. (laughs) That's perfect. Betty will take a step up right to the barrel of his gun and be like, what do you gotta say? Please, we should not be killing each other. Death is coming. Let us stop it. moves all the way back to Ian. Ian, boy, come on. Long Betty, you can roll perceptions or your characters can roll perceptions. Ian, Betty's about to waste someone. We gotta go watch this. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Nice. Uh, Okay. Come on, bring the flamethrower. Okay, I think you have it. Well, I have the cartridges. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, Alonzo, you notice, like, looking at Emmy, something changes in her. Like, it almost, like, her eyes, like, almost maybe even her soul just seems to just put on a mask. It's like, yes, we're, we're going to use the shuttle and we're going to block the tunnel. Okay. Thank you. Do I sense any fingers and frustration? He's gonna be Alonzo's gonna be kind of tapping Betty a little too. Iron Commander, you notice another connection. You um another another one using the influencer. It's definitely not on the the list of anyone should be doing that. Do I, does it, is it void presence or is it another type of presence? It's void. He would, you feel even another connection 
in the um in your telepathy, but no one's speaking. Irons would not immediately inform the rest of the group. Because sevens, if he senses if she's if seven senses a weakness in iron, she's likely to kill him. So right. he would not immediately inform, but he would he would cautiously start to try the the mental boundaries of that and reach out to kind of probe slightly on on the strength of that connection and who the intentions of it. Okay. Um so in the moment though, um she is going to send her bodyguard to go get the shuttle and start making a um a blockage into the tunnel. Okay. We should hey, be heading keep, inside. Betty'll keep dragging her crate as as they kind of disperse and she'll just keep dragging it and she'll be like point out to everybody really loudly to the girl at the girl. Watch this one, she's stupid. She's probably gonna be a liability. <laughs> I, missed... I think that I missed the chance for Betty to waste someone. Ian's gonna head to the ship too to take a ride. <laughs> oh yeah. He feels like he strongly needs to take a ride with this guy. <laughs> Alright, he's just gonna be quick about it, but he's gonna show you the rope. Uh Skrusk, when you get closer, the um the scientist just does a quick nod at you and just moves into the tunnel. Thrust smiles. The perception for Pete was to find all of the stuff Betty would want from her office. Ah. <laughs> Betty, is there anything big that you would want Pete to be getting? Um, Pete is welcome to get whatever he wants. Betty's office is set up like somebody made a hobo camp inside a house. <laughs> <laughs> but she does have a nice library. Yes. Yeah. Obviously. But like her crates and stuff, she just kind of keeps. Ever since she's moved in, it's been the stuff has been in crates, and the crate sort of serves as furniture. I love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he gathers up some stuff on like a wet little wagon or something like that. So as he's doing that, Iron senses and Pete that he's doing it and stuff like that, and Pete. The personality of Pete pops up real quick when there's a picture that he sees on the on the desk. It's a little to the back, but it's still there. It's a picture of Betty and Pete when they were younger, first coming to the to the settlement. And he picks it up and he makes sure to put it in with the rest of the stuff. I love it. And then That's he goes awesome. out. Takes his wagon. That was that was back when they were first getting their gray hairs. day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um if now would Unji be aware of the void presence in the scientist? If she's paying attention to it, um, she could notice it. I'm, I was mentioning it to the Iron Commander because he's right. kind of like that. I don't know that 
she would be aware she's aware of what Alonzo noticed so that might make her reach out okay uh give me um Yuji could use an occult role okay I think it's only because Alonzo noticed eh. all you really get it was from your location like from Unji's location mm-hmm and I, she would know it's void as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So Alonzo would try to get a, a second with Betty when the scientist lady is out of earshot. Uh, yeah, she seems to be out of earshot. She went in. Russ is going in behind her. Pete and... looks at the pilot and his bartender wife and says, Wow, sure got a lot of help from y'all getting stuff in. <laughs> <laughs> They're... A little bit more flabbergasted, but they're just like, just wait somewhere and we'll help. Hey, Betty. They. Oh, sorry. Go ahead now. He would just point him to the to the storage shack and say, "Explosives? Anything? Weapons? Can? All right. Fine. Fine. We'll get them." <laughs> Gotta tell these young snappers everything. Come on, Atheron. He follows you. I love that so much. <laughs> Betty, something is weird about that lady. Something... I don't know, something changed. She was not listening to us. Her face... I didn't like it. She is a weird one. She's the Empire type, though. Can't discount that. I suppose... It's... I think we should keep an eye on her, though. Oh, I agree. I don't reckon she's going to do anything terribly helpful for us. Mm. Seems as you can't listen to reason. She's just going to cause problems. Cause that doesn't mean we can lock her outside her own force field and let her die to slow him down. As much as that does appeal to me. Pete, just out of your <laughs> shot, yells, Why? <laughs> All right. Well, I hope we can do this. We can do this. I ain't losing one of my kids. Uh, where is Ian? Speaking of. Yeah, when, I think losing kids. <laughs> Wit. He's drinking. Wit. He's so, flying planes. <laughs> he's pulling a, he's pulling a slugger. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're going up and around, and they're going to be moving into position. So, I thought you were going to say drunkenly. Hard graves are going to be coming back. And <laughs> He's not letting Ian all drive. They carry with bags. He's like, just sit there and watch. <laughs> and they're going to land. Or, you so know, as soon as close as they can. When the kid, when the. I'm not going to lose one of my kids statement is said is that connected to everybody like everybody on the mental connection can hear that that actually hmm interesting I think that is it could be but it's not like super loud because it's a very equal sentiment between both characters like Betty is totally voluntarily saying that mm-hmm 
But it's also very much a sentiment that Jolinar feels. So that would actually make it more powerful. Potentially, yeah. I mean, it would it would probably resonate with Unji because of the family aspect too. Unji would probably, well, maybe everybody in the in this particular mental connection might feel a a swell of something, mm-hmm. a, a swell of something, some familiar thing, almost like a a tone or a note. Nice, nice. I cool. like it. All right. So y'all I'm head into put on her helmet and then just hit um, Iron's shuffle button for music. <laughs> I love that. What music comes up for the shuffle button uh, on this particular situation? Let's mm-hmm. see. Crazy train. <laughs> yeah. Love it. That is, that is us. <laughs> we go. So y'all, what was it? You get the ship as close as you can to the, the edge and probably with a little bit more manual efforts especially with like the different hover carts and whatnot you're able to kind of squeeze it more into the the entrance if if um he points it towards the entrance uh ruby will take over and just jam it forward so it's gonna slam in (laughs) so that they'll be able to get out because it'll be like you know pilot head in first into the tunnel but okay slam it in there (laughs) He's <laughs> seems upset. He's not speaking any words, <laughs> but he he just looks at you. You could tell he's glaring daggers. It seemed like a good idea at the time. He, he shakes his head and just um, smashes the window, grabs you, throws you through, jumps himself. <laughs> yep. You could definitely tell he was doing that to get you through safely, but maybe a little bit of frustration in there, too. <laughs> That's accurate. The, um, so you get inside, and I think that's where it could be kind of interesting. So, um, <laughs> well, because this is the first time that you get to see. So... Ruby with Ian going in. You you come up to the others and you see someone there. And it's almost like your soul heartbeat skips a drop as you recognize your sister. She has grown quite a bit, probably in her late college years. And she is standing right before you. How 
How are you here? She looks at you very strangely. What are you talking you? about? Iron just actively trying to get her to back into back into control. <laughs> I've missed you. You don't know this woman. Get in control. Focus. You are Ian. Irons and Unji, you do realize that whatever was holding her um, is now gone. Seems like she's just left by herself. Like, whatever it was, there was a, a, a very short-term connection to her, and now the connection's disconnected. What was that? She's just looking very confused, looking around, and saying, I guess we're going in, aren't we? I still have the force field. Um, so this is the scientist? I just want to clarify. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. the archaeologist. Okay. From Ruby, from what you can probably tell, she is definitely forging credentials and is... um working her way to try to get something big when she really shouldn't be. Perfect. Uh, uh, in crime. Yes. <laughs> so it's really it like perfect sense about why she's doing it, but again, why is she doing this? But um I think It'll be a good time to be wrapping up. Um, <laughs> is there oh, any funny. last things you're going to be doing, though? Because you will not be able to see what happens in the fights, but you can prepare for it in whatever ways you can. Um, we'd so, want to... oh, go ahead. Benny would want to make as the tunnel goes down, just probably lines of different kinds of explosives, not necessarily to the degree that will um, close the cavern off, although the very last line might be one that does just that. Okay. And she'll get Pete to help her with that. Pete would, Pete would be helping her. He said, here, here, I made sure to grab this. And he shoved the picture over at her while he was working on something. She'll she'll take it and she'll kind of look at him and be like, you're not getting sentimental, are you? Well, you know, they say it happens in old ages. That's, that's it. We ain't that old. All the same. Don't go dying and taking away my competition outlive you. She kind of gives you a little punch and goes back to like laying her explosives. <laughs> hmm. 
Yeah, Scrooge is going to just be toting that flamethrower and keep it going. If Betty's doing that, he doesn't need to be uh, using his ability because she's doing the exact same thing. I think maybe Alonzo and Ian are setting things up at the final stand there, making sure whatever weapons we have fully loaded, any extra ammunition and range crates and rocks <clears throat> or any scrap metal that's down there kind of making into a barricade. But yeah, and then Ruby will reach out to Unji. My, my family's here. What do you mean? My sister. She's here. How? Who oh, know. You know how we are. She's here. Getting into trouble. You oh, and if you wanted to, I, I called her Emmy. Emmy, well, I love it. To you. I love it. <laughs> Emmy's here. You promised, Doonji. I think it's going to go... Unji's just like looking right at Ruby and trying to say something. And going into the Mind Palace, she looks at Krennus and says, Did you hear that? I did. I don't know if we can save them all. She's going to look down in the babies in her arm again. Not strong enough. He's going to look at her really intently. Kind of like almost start to say something and then stop a couple times. And... He's going to say, I think we can save them. Even if it is just them. If this is not our life, I promise you all the others. She's going to cry. Oh, tears are coming down a little, and I think she's going to look out, kind of rest against Grannis and look out over the canyon and start to hear, I think, that note again. Sevens looks to Iron, almost disappointed. Even through the helmet, you can just tell that the gaze is just that of disappointment. And it's just tapping, and she's tapping her fingers. Does Irons do anything in response? Hmm. We Irons would 
see the gaze, probably look, and is she still playing her music? At playing the music? Oh yeah, the music's still playing. It's still on shuffle. The music stops. And you see this, the swirls in the crystals on him turn cyan. And it starts playing Renegade. Sevens walks over to Yunji. Yunji. Do you know why they're going to live? And why we're going to live? Why? Because I want you to answer this one question. Who is going there right now to save them? She actually smiles a little bit. We are. Exactly. That is exactly right. If we're there, we make a difference. We're there, we save lives. And we will do our absolute best to save every single one of them. You hear me? We hear you. And she's as she, sa as she says that too, she looks over at Jolinar. We hear you. Here would I for that. Just kind of with a nod. And you can nah. kind of tell that Jolinar's, like, conceptualization of his fate is almost completely tied to where Yunji thinks hers is. Mm. So if she thinks she's not going to make it, he's resigned to not make it. If she thinks she can make it, he's resigned. He's going to fight with that. So, like... He's completely in step with her on that one. Mm. I think then Unji will look back at Sevens again. We thank you. Sevens nods. We got a couple of hours before we're there to save them all. And we already helped them out greatly. Now let's get there and we'll finish the job and save them all. She'll look at Ruby and try to smile. And then look back at Jolinar again and say, repeat what Seven said and what Jolinar said. We will save them all. As we command, my love. Nice. Does does Jolinar say that out loud for everyone to hear? Yeah. <laughs> Evans looks weird. over to Jolinar. I still have to get used to that. Just say that. Takes <laughs> <laughs> head and walks back over to the speaker system and enjoys the music. In the next short amount of time, you hear the swarm. Um, traps detonate. They come to your position. 
flamethrower, gun, grenade. They are like a swarm of uh, of three-legged, huge mauled creatures trying to come upon your location. You start fighting back against them for some time, um, but it just seems endless. And finally, you're getting to the point of the time allotment, and you feel like your soul is slipping from the body as the body continues fighting on, and as if one last thing, you start to notice the door behind them begin to open. And that is where we'll leave it. Ah. <laughs> I was so excited. That was great, you guys. Uh -huh. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's just awesome. <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, well, this has been another fantastical episode of the AV Epic Livestream, an Avenue Studios production. Do give us a like, subscribe, hit the notification bell to follow the adventure. You can further support us and become a part of the ever-growing forest known as Avenue Studios by joining our locals or Patreon community. Uh, special shout out to Lulu, our newest member of the forest. Thank you so much, Lulu, for joining the family. Um, you not only gain access to exclusive content and our private Discord, uh, where, but also our private Discord where you can chat with us, play games, watch movies, which we've got Galaxy Quest coming up this month for Sci-Fi July very soon. This I'm Saturday. excited about that. This Saturday. <laughs> so get in now. Join us. It'll be a great time. And uh, check the links in the description below for sound music and ambience that we use, Foundry Virtual Tabletop, and the uh, Starfinder 2nd Edition Community Made Discord. Join them. Thank you again to Mart and the whole playtesting group there for letting us utilize the system. Thank you to Mr. Moral Compass for running it very much. And of course, Adam, my good friend, where can people find and support you? Well, they could check out theiopc.com or inofplanarcrossroads.com if they want to check out all the links. But mainly, if they want to support either one of us, they can do so through Patreon or locals and direct contact with us. So there you go. Beautiful. Awesome. Alex, Avon, thank you so much for joining. You guys are awesome. <laughs> and uh, we will pick this story up next Wednesday and see if we can save them all. Uh, until then, thank you for joining this adventure and we will see you next time. All right, bye. This has been another fantastical episode of the AV Epics Podcast, an Avenue Studios production. Do give us a review on your podcast app of choice to help spread the word. You can further support us and become a part of the ever-growing forest known as Avenue Studios by joining our Patreon or Locals community. Doing so will not only help us to continue creating high-quality content, but you will also gain access to bonus content and our private Discord, where you can chat with us, play games, watch movies, and so much more. Don't forget to check our podcast podcast description for the music and ambience that we use and thank you so very much for joining the adventure and we will see you next time <laughs>